Hi, welcome to The Bug Plug, a podcast about all things insects, arachnids, arthropods, creepies, and crawlies. I'm Kaylee, and today we're learning about the Japanese beetle. So this week I noticed another problem on my plants. Before I get into it, I still have so many bagworms on one of my trees. I pull them off every time I see them, but at this point I'm pulling off like dozens each week from that one tree. I don't think it's just me. I think it's a bad year for them. I've been noticing bagworms on so many trees that I've never seen them on before and in huge quantities. On my rose bush, the leaves are being eaten by something and this one weird vine thing is trying to take them over. The vines have been dealt with, but I'm finally figuring out what's going on with the leaves. So inside one of the roses, I saw a super pretty metallic looking beetle. I loved it and immediately went to look up what it was because I'd never seen one before. Apparently it was a Japanese beetle and the reason my rose bushes are all holy is thanks to this really pretty beetle that I got excited about. They are the topic of our episode today, so let's dive right in. The Japanese beetle, it has a scientific name. I, okay, so I assumed Japanese beetle was like a colloquial name for it, but its scientific name is Papilla Papaya Japonica? So it's literally like a Japanese beetle. Um, And it's a species of scarab beetle. We talked about scarab beetles for the first time last May when we learned about dung beetles. Uh, The Japanese beetles are pretty small, about half an inch for most adults. And they're honestly just so pretty. Like I said earlier, they have this iridescent sort of copper colored elytra. Remember those are the wing covers on beetles and a green thorax and head. They also have these little white spots that look fuzzy around the outside of their very back end. They can be found in Japan, Europe, and North America. Here's the crazy part that validates something I've brought up a few times here. In Japan, these beetles are not a pest and they don't do any real damage to plants as they have several natural predators that keep them in check. In the US and parts of Europe, they have no natural predators. So they cause a lot of damage and their population is just exploding and has been for a while. We've talked about invasive species before and I've brought up that you shouldn't be introducing a new species into an area where it can cause serious damage to the ecosystem. My favorite example is the raccoon population in Japan. Back in the 70s there was a TV show where a little girl had a pet raccoon. People decided they also needed pet raccoons and same, I want a pet raccoon so bad. Um, but raccoons aren't native to Japan, so people had them shipped in from the United States. The show ended with a girl releasing the raccoon back into the wild, so people thought it was the best thing to do for their animals, and released all these raccoons into the wild in Japan, where they have no natural predators. The raccoon population exploded and continues to be a real problem for them. So anyway, back on topic, the beetles... (laughs) aren't a problem in their natural environment, but when introduced to a new ecosystem, they're causing real problems. So how did they come to North America? Not because of a fun TV show, 
But they came over how, like, a lot of bugs end up in other environments. So the first written evidence of the bug appearing in the United States was back in 1916 in a nursery in New Jersey. The beetle larvae were thought to enter the U.S. in a shipment of iris bulbs prior to 1912 when inspections of commodities entering the country began. So they came in before we started looking for things like invasive pests. As of 2015, just nine western states of the United States were considered free of Japanese beetles, and they've been detected in airports on the west coast of the U.S. since the 1940s. Now that means they're in airports. They're not like going on vacation. They're hitching rides, essentially, to other parts of the world, and they're spreading really, really easily. The first Japanese beetle found in Canada was accidentally brought in by tourists from a ferry, from, or by a ferry from Maine in 1939. During the same year, three additional adults were captured in parts of Quebec. So they first came to Nova Scotia and then they were found in Quebec. So they're, they're moving. They are on the move. They're most often found on the rose family, as well as common crops, including beans, peppers, corn, tomatoes, and more. This is part of the reason why they're doing so well everywhere that they're kind of ending up, is because these plants grow really well in a lot of places, and they're so adaptable. They're just eating whatever they can find, basically, and thriving. The adult beetles damage plants by skeletonizing the foliage. So this means they're consuming only the material between the leaves veins, as well as sometimes feeding on the plant's fruit. Now, if you're new to plants, they get their energy from the sun through something called chlorophyll, which is in their leaves. Now, if their leaves only have veins, they are not taking in any sunlight, they are going to die. So, the adult beetles are killing our plants by eating all of the leaves. But what about the larvae? They can also do some damage. So let's back up just a little bit. Eggs are laid individually or in small clusters near the soil surface. An adult can lay somewhere between 40 and 80 or 40 and 60 eggs um, in its lifetime. Within approximately two weeks, the eggs hatch and the larvae feed on fine roots and other organic materials. So think like those early roots, those smaller roots, the baby roots. As the larvae mature, they become C-shaped grubs and they consume progressively larger, coarser roots and may do economic damage to pasture and turf at this time. So if we're thinking about my rose bush here, the adults were eating the leaves and then they are going to lay eggs in the dirt under my rosebush and then when the eggs hatch the initial larvae that emerge are going to eat the smaller roots from my rosebush and then as they mature they're going to eat the bigger roots of my rosebush essentially killing it from the bottom while the adults are killing it from the top if that makes sense the larvae hi hibernate. 
The larvae hibernate in small cells in the soil, emerging in the spring when soil temperatures rise again. Within like four to six weeks of breaking hibernation, they'll pupate, and then most of the beetle's life, or the rest of the beetle's life is spent as an adult, sorry. Um, they do spend most of their time as larvae. As adults, they only live for about a month. So what can we do about them? They do make traps for Japanese beetles, um, which are definitely more humane, but there are some pesticides that can help with the larvae. But when you're putting pesticides into the soil like that, you're going to affect more than just the beetle larva that you're trying to get. Uh, but here's what I did, because I only saw the adults. I got a cup of very soapy water, like with all the foam still on top. And I went outside and I cut off the rows that they were on, and I submerged them in the soapy water with the beetles still on it. The soapy water killed them. And while I lost a flower to this method, I didn't endanger any other buggies in my backyard. Oh, and while we're here, there were four on one flower. Four of them, just chilling. So I definitely have eggs down in my soil, right? I have to. I think there's at least one more out there, but I can't find it now. Like I saw it, so I snipped off the flower and it went in the soapy water with the four. And I was making sure that they were all the way in the water and then I saw another one and I was like, cool, I'm gonna get you next. And when I went over to get it, it fell off and I couldn't find it again. So I'm pretty sure there's still one out there. Um, but like other bugs, the Japanese beetles use pheromones as adults to attract other adults to their location. I'm hoping with the removal of the four, that one that was left has just moved on to a new location because now there's not a mate there. There's nothing keeping it there other than the food source. And really, I mean, they eat as adults, obviously, but their main job as an adult is to reproduce. And if they can't do that, they'll, they'll move on. So hopefully I have the problem taken care of for now until those larvae hatch. And then, and then I'm going to have a different problem. Finally, will it pet? I'm going with no. As adults, they don't last long, and the way they live makes the way they live makes them higher maintenance in a tank. And honestly, let's just not let's not keep invasive species for any reason. Um, yeah, that's where I'm gonna end that one. I had I thought I had another thought coming, and nothing came to me. If that makes any sense. All right. While I'm just rambling here, let's recap and close this one out. Japanese beetles originated in Japan, but can be found in other parts of the world now. In these other parts, they are pests with, you know, a love for just a wide range of plants, allowing them to thrive. They skeletonize leaves, and with enough damage, they will kill your plants. There are safe ways to remove them without using pesticides or chemicals. And that's true of most pests. There are safe ways of removing them. I know I complain a lot about my aphids and my ants and my bagworms and now these. I am taking care of them in a very responsible way. And of course I have thought a few times like I could just hose this down with a chemical and it would be fine. Um, but I have a wildflower garden on the side of my house and it has finally started attracting a huge variety of bugs. So I've got a bunch of different uh, beetles and butterflies and I have some lizards over there now and a turtle so I don't 
want to do anything that's going to negatively affect that ecosystem that's thriving over there. Um, I worked really hard to get these wildflowers to help my natural, um, the bugs in my ecosystem. So I don't want to do anything to jeopardize that. And then at the same time, you know, you're frustrated for a minute about a, a pest and then it's kind of satisfying, especially those bagworms. It's really satisfying to rip them off the tree. Really satisfying. And then this is gross. I'm so sorry. I pull them off in like a bag and then you can pop them and this green goo comes out and it's really satisfying. So yes, spraying a chemical would be easier. And yes, spraying a chemical would probably take care of the problem for longer than peeling them off individually. But for life as a whole and in the grand scheme of things, it's really not worth it. So always do your research on safer ways to remove pests because I do understand like at first when I saw those beetles and that it was going to eat my rose bush, I was like, oh, like it can, it can snack on my rose bush. That's fine. But then when I saw the amount of damage it was going to do, obviously get rid of the pests. I'm not saying keep them, but find responsible ways to get rid of them so that you aren't affecting, you know, the good bugs in the area, I guess. Well, that was a whole rant. Sorry about that. That's all for this one. <laughs> Thank you so much for learning with me today. I'll see you next week here on the Bug Plug Podcast.